0: The Garbage Hour is brought to you by Compost. Compost. It's trash that's actually good for the environment. They took her post off Facebook Cause some men thought it was rude But she still got a thing or two to say To all those shitty dudes here on The Garbage Hour don't take it personally as we smash the patriarchy. Here on the garbage, here on the garbage, here on the garbage hour. Hello, and welcome to the garbage hour. I continue to be Megan McGuire. Today, as always, I will be taking on a fun, light-hearted topic. The National Walkout was last Wednesday, and it was amazing to see the pictures of students all around the country gathering with their peers and standing against gun violence, as well as students from my high school doing the walkout a few days late because of a monster snowstorm. But of course, with every beautiful thing, there is an asshole on Twitter. To ruin it. A man on Twitter whose handle was the very clever at oil underscore guns underscore merica or merica, you get it, tweeted a picture of a group of young women holding up signs that read things like KKK, NRA, USA, and fuck your guns with the comment, quote, you'll notice that not one of these gals is on a trajectory for hotness. Kurt Schlichter, whom I have taken to calling fart sphincter in my head, quote, retweeted the tweet, adding, quote, future beta bait. Which truly, honestly, I do not understand what that means. And not even Urban Dictionary can help me out, which they have gotten me out of many a bind. I did not know what turn up meant when I went to college. Anyway... But, like, I guess beta bait is, like, they would be bait for beta men, like, not alpha men, like, weak men. I don't know. There's also, like, a video game definition of, like, things that are promised in the beta of a game that aren't there. So maybe there's something with that. There were some Reddit discussions that I could have dug deep into, but I, I like myself too much to just, like go down that rabbit hole. So I have the basic understanding of what it means, but it just... The point is... (laughs) this Breitbart-inspired fart monster and the people he encourages are disgusting. But, whatever. It doesn't just speak to the far right and the Twitter bots they breed. It speaks to a bigger problem of the sexualization of young girls very much against their consent. The group of the young women In the picture retweeted by Fart Sphincter, uh, we're doing very little to be, for lack of a better term, asking for it, that is asking to be sexually objectified. And I should insert the biggest disclaimer here. No woman is asking for it unless they yell, please objectify me. And you should double check to make sure that they're being serious because when someone says something like that, they are probably fucking with you. But because they appeared to be girls and they were doing something other than living in a cocoon waiting to emerge to be a beautiful butterfly, men took that opportunity to sexualize them and comment on their appearance, and because they were doing something that was contrary to what Sphincter and his pals saw as good and right and proper, they felt the need to bully and sexualize these young women, who, to be honest, looked like they were maybe 15. So, lesson one we've learned. Girls' bodies are always open for comment by men especially when doing something that the men see as distasteful. Another example of this happening this week was a candidate for the main House of Representatives. Yes, that would be the good people from my home state, calling Stoneman Douglas student Emma Gonzalez a, quote, skinhead lesbian, end quote, and then calling David Hogg, another student from Stoneman Douglas, a liar. You will notice that his comment about the male student was only about what he said. While the comment about Emma Gonzalez was about her appearance and what he perceived as her sexual orientation, and to be clear here, Emma Gonzalez identifies as bisexual. He issued an apology and made his personal and campaign accounts private and then dropped out of the race. All this to say that young girls are sexualized and judged based on their appearance and without their consent. And it's not just done on the macro level in every corner of Twitter. It's happening... On the micro level. It's an everyday occurrence for girls and young women and it's happening all the goddamn time. Our lives are saturated in it. The most obvious example of this is dress coding. This is the use of a school's dress code to send girls home punishing them or make them change based on what they're wearing and how it violates the dress code. And on the surface, this looks like a reasonable thing. Dress codes are the rules and the girls are seen as breaking the rules. But dress codes disproportionately are used to punish young women. I looked at my high school student handbook to jog my memory of the Brunswick High School dress code, and I'm pretty sure the wording has not changed a single word since I graduated. So, here it is. The Brunswick School Department believes that appropriate grooming and dress contribute to the quality of the educational environment. To this end, students are required to wear to school or to school functions Clean and appropriate clothing that does not distract or interfere with the educational opportunity of the other students. Clothing, hair, cosmetics, scented products, jewelry, or appearance that may disrupt the normal operations of the school are not acceptable. The following guidelines shall be deemed to be the minimum necessary for compliance with the student dress and grooming policy. Clothing that depicts or in any way refers to, advertises or promotes profanity, illegal drugs, alcohol or tobacco products, that has sexual implications, that promotes violence or illegal acts, or that is derogatory toward any group or individual is not allowed. Shoes, sneakers and sandals will be worn by all students while on school grounds. All clothing is to fit properly, be of appropriate length and not be revealing or indecent. Underwear should not be visible, and clothing should cover the chest, midriff, and mid-thigh appropriately. Garments, chains, some chain-like necklaces, and or accessories that may be used as a weapon or perceived as a gang member symbol will not be allowed. Gang member symbol. Styles of grooming and or dress that block vision will not be allowed. Students attending classes such as, but not limited to, uh, this is blah 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 stuff about uh, physical education, tech ed, lab classes. Teachers will notify students of these rules. Students may be required to move hats. (laughs) It is not the intention of these guidelines to usurp the authority of parents slash guardians for determining appropriate dress and grooming for their children. And then there's more about, like, working with parents and guardians. You get it. It's pretty vague. And actually not as strict as some school dress codes, but I do remember it being very unevenly enforced, Inspe- especially what I call the decency clause. All uh, clothing is to fit properly, be of appropriate length, and not be revealing or indecent. Underwear should not be visible, and clothing should cover the chest, midriff, and mid-thigh regions appropriately. Great. How wonderfully vague. But behind this were very specific rules for women. Let's start with the chest, midriff, and mid-thigh. Um, that's obviously targeting women's fashion because most traditionally masculine clothing um, doesn't expose uh, the midriff or the chest, um, and uh, unless they're wearing, I guess, a very deep v-neck. And when they say appropriate length, they measured that by shorts and skirts going by beyond your fingertips. I remember standing in my bedroom in the morning, and measuring, making sure that I wasn't going to offend anyone. And when they said revealing, they meant you couldn't wear tank tops with straps skinnier than three fingers wide. And you know the excuse we were given. It was because our shoulders and our legs would be distracting to the boys. Well, I found it pretty distracting when I saw boys' boxers on a pretty much daily basis, and even though the dress code says that underwear should not be visible, they were never sent to pick clothes out from the lost and found. Listen, I understand that we shouldn't wear, like, bikinis to school, but wearing a tank top to school because there is no AC in the classrooms shouldn't be grounds for being sent home. But my school doesn't represent the worst of dress coding. Some schools prevent girls from wearing leggings or yoga pants. Girls get detention or in-school suspension for leggings or yoga pants. The reason they are given is that it will distract the boys. Or, as one teacher told Catherine Perlman, a mother of two and a social worker, if boys see girls in yoga pants, they will get aroused and thus be embarrassed. She raises an important question in response to this. What about the shame that the girls feel for having their bodies so openly judged for what they're wearing? Stories like this are infuriating to me because they seem to prioritize boys' educations over girls. Boys' abilities to focus in class are more important than girls' abilities to even be in class in the first place. And, also, girls are then held responsible for the actions of boys. It leads to that, well, how was she dressed, she was asking for it, bullshit that comes in cases of sexual harassment and assault. But at school, girls are wearing things that make them feel comfortable so they can sit at chairs attached to desks that are too small for even, like, a textbook. And then, so they can learn from a history book that ignores the achievements of women and people of color and queer people. No woman puts on a pair of leggings in the morning and thinks, I'm going to distract Tim so I can get the highest grade on the midterm. No, the boys, and more importantly, the adults, are sexualizing these girls and punishing them, thus keeping them from their educations. Not to mention the fact that dress codes ignore the reality of women's clothing. It is nigh impossible to find shorts that comply to these rules if you don't want to shop at Talbot's. Talbot's still a thing. And then there's the particular brand of dress coding that comes with school dances, especially prom. One young woman in Richmond, Virginia was kicked out of her prom for her dress being too short. Some of the dads chaperoning the dance claimed that her dancing was too provocative and she was going to cause the young men to quote, think impure thoughts. The student, Claire, said that her dress was in accordance with the dress code but may have appeared short because of her height and that she hadn't been dancing. Ultimately, she was kicked out for what these fathers deemed as too provocative. They were projecting onto the boys. It feels kind of gross and slimy to me that these dads were commenting on the sexuality of this young woman. They were thinking impure thoughts. The dads were. And she is a um, child. The responsibility for men's actions and men's impure thoughts are on the girls. It should not be our burden to bear. Girls' bodies and girls' clothes are so heavily policed, not because of how they use the clothes or wear the clothes, but how men view it. The male gaze dictates the female experience. And then the issue of dress coding and sexualizing bodies becomes a more marked problem when you take into consideration intersectional identities. For example, last year, according to a report from CNN at Boylan Catholic High School in Rockford, Illinois, they presented a 21-slide presentation on appropriate dress for the prom, including one whole slide devoted to men's dress, and then 20 slides dedicated to girls' dresses showing what was good and what was bad, and it included this stipulation. Quote, Some girls may wear the same dress, but due to body types, one dress may be acceptable while the other is not cool 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 so basically the dress code is affected not just by how the dresses look or the length of the skirt but the bodies that they're on girls of size have differently imposed expectations of what they are allowed to wear at the prom oh but no it doesn't end there you'll notice that this whole conversation I've been using the terms boys and girls which are not the only genders In fact, queer kids' bodies and clothes are policed as well. The general language of dress codes doesn't even take this into consideration. For some occasions at school, there are rules like girls must wear dresses. Trans students get sent home for dressing in clothing that adults see as contrary to the gender they were assigned at birth. There are dress codes that punish Muslim girls for wearing the hijab because of the rules that prohibit hats in school and don't recognize the difference between religious dress and a Cubs hat. And some dress codes purposefully target traditionally black hairstyles. NPR reported a story where two 16-year-old black girls, Maya and Deanna, asked their white parents to get braid extensions. And when they went to school, Mystic Valley Charter, outside of Boston, they were taken out of class because their hair was a distraction. They were banned from the prom and threatened with suspension until they took the braids out. Or... The mother tells of another black girl at the school who wore her hair naturally and was taken out of class and asked to chemically relax and straighten her hair. It doesn't stop at the hair for young black girls. It's a whole thing. There is a trend called the, quote, adultification of black girls, according to Jamelia Blake. Stereotypes of black adults, especially black women, are put on black kids. Black women are seen as angry and aggressive and black girls are forced to bear that stigma and be punished according to that stigma. So the hairstyles that are commonly associated with blackness are policed because they are inextricably linked with these stereotypes and stigma. But what do head wraps or braids or natural hair have to do with girls' educations? mostly nothing and this is especially infuriating because as Dorinda J. Carter Andrews who is assistant dean of equity outreach initiatives at Michigan State University as her research shows black girls are more likely to receive harsher punishment over their white counterparts they are seen as more grown up and more a lot of things purely because they're black and additionally, this seems to have a negative impact on these girls' educations. It has a negative effect on their experiences in the classroom and learning, and with how their peers view them. Honestly, it seems less about dress coding, and more about race coding at that point. Bodies that are perceived as female are heavily policed in many settings, but the policing often becomes more intense when other identities are taken into consideration. We, as a society, need to take a long, hard look at how we talk about girls and young women. We are forcing sexuality on them, judging their future hotness or judging their perceived sexuality. We punish them for men's thoughts and actions and value their modesty, sarcastic air quotes, over their education and presence in the classroom. Women's bodies are seen as public property as something for us to judge and consume and change as we see fit. And that starts from an early fucking age. And it happens without their consent. It's a burden that girls and queer kids and brown kids and black kids have to bear. And that's not fair. That we punish them for having bodies, make them ashamed of their bodies or their identities, and their very existence and ability to take up space. No wonder young people are making noise and trying to make big change. We've placed the burden of the whole world on them and then blamed them for it. And now they're going to do something about it. Garbage, garbage, oh, we got garbage up in here. And now for our weekly segment, Sifting Through the Trash, in which I find something in my trash can more qualified to be president than Donald J. Trump. Let's see! Oops. Ow. Ew. What is that? Oh, gross. <laughs> Okay, today we have a chocolate bar wrapper. This chocolate bar wrapper for the endangered species, the Eurasian Eagle Owl, is more qualified to be president than Donald Trump. And our other segment. Well, what the fuck am I supposed to do, Megan? Where I answer that very question. If you're an adult, don't sexualize young people. And I'm looking at you, people who buy baby shirts that say flirt. And I'm looking at you, people who comment on teenage girls' bodies and how developed they are. Ugh, gross. Donate money to organizations like the Malala Fund that support girls getting an education all over the world. And scene. Thank you for listening. If you like The Garbage Hour, please like or subscribe or rate or review or whatever you're supposed to do. Or you can send me like a carrier pigeon to tell me that you're proud of me. Follow me on Twitter at Meargan, that's M-E-A-R-G-H-A-N, or Instagram, Meggie underscore McG, Or you can check out my writing on my website blog, mcguiremegan.wordpress.com. The music for The Garbage Hour was written by Sean McGuire and Heather Grimm. This may not have been an hour, but it was garbage. Believe women, trust women, listen to women. Bye.